So we got a couple of really anointed testimonies here today. And the first one's going to be by Nicole. It's the panic. When um, my dad, he's Mr. Stepanik, for those of you who don't know him, when he said that there was a curtain at the front, um, then I lined up to get there, and before that, I had felt like there was something like a strain on my shoulders. It hurt bad. So when he said the thing about the curtain, Mm. then when I went through it, I felt like the strain lifted and it wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, Nicole. Yeah, thank the Lord for that. Brian, come up here, Brian. Brian's a mess right now. <clears throat> He's a mess. He's a good mess. He needs to be a mess. Yeah, I'm pretty much ruined. But that's <laughs> uh, I just wanted to give a testimony. Well, first, before I do, I just want everybody to know I want you to be encouraged that God has plans for you to prosper you and not to harm you. Yeah. To give you hope and a future. Yeah. And that's plans with a capital S. And I want you to know when Andy was talking in the earlier service, he was talking about we could walk this one path and just stay right here and not venture out into the adventures of God. We could do that, but we're missing out on so much. And those adventures are part of the God's plans that He has for you. And I stepped into one of them this morning. Earlier this week, actually, I was going to the service station. And I walked in, and I don't normally go to the service station, and there was this girl in there. I hadn't seen her before. Of course, I don't go in there a lot, but nobody else was in there. It was just us, and uh, I was getting some candy or something. And She had all these, she had a, a rash all over her body. I could tell she wasn't comfortable. And uh, I said, hey, how you doing? And she just opened up and was telling me. I asked her, so she told me. And she said, I have this rash all over my body, and I don't know what it is. And it's just, I mean, she showed me. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> she was like, but it's, it's from the top of my head all the way to my feet. And I was like, something rose up in me. And I was just like, but here I was at a service station getting a, a Twix. <laughs> And, I, and something rose in me, pray for that girl. And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, I'll pray for her when I get in the truck. <laughs> so she just kept on, and uh, I was like, wow. So anyway, I was like, well, that's cool. I got in the truck. I was like, Lord, heal that girl. <laughs> and I went on and didn't think about it anymore. Well, throughout the rest of the week, the Lord was bringing to my mind things about healing. And I was like, what? Whatever. What is this? I listened to a CD by Gary Oates, who wrote the book Open My Eyes, Lord, and some other things. And he was talking about pathways to healing. And I'm like, okay. Well, this morning, Andy talked about this pathway and, and breaking off of that thing that we always do and break out into adventures of the Lord. And I walked in. I was going to get some water. I was really thirsty. I went into the service station. There was nobody in there. Not even the person behind the counter was in there. I was like, okay. And then here comes this girl out. And I was like, whoa. And uh, I felt the presence of the Lord come in there. And I said, hey, how you doing? She was like, well, I went to the dermatologist, and he told me that I have a rare skin disease. Only one other person in the world has it, and they're in London. And it has to do with my blood. And, and the Lord whispered in my ear, I shed my blood for that girl. And by my stripes, she's healed. And I... 
<laughs> he said, pray for her. <laughs> I just want some water. <laughs> oh! And so, oh, I'm excited because there's going to be breakthrough getting ready to come here in a minute. <laughs> oh! Oh, God. So I stood there and I was like, she started telling me. She was like, look. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> she said, but the medicine cost me $500 and it cost all this money. <laughs> and it rose out of me, God has plans for you. What's your name? And she was like, my name's Donna. I said, Donna, God has plans for you. He has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And she was just like, whoa, you know what? Maybe this is something that the Lord is using for me to turn back to Him. And I said, oh, God has plans for you. And nobody was coming in to buy anything. <laughs> so I told her, I said, the, this religious part of me came up and said, I said, well, you know, I, I prayed for you when I left the other night. <laughs> Actually, I just sat in my truck and was like, oh, bless the Lord. But I said, you know, I'm getting ready to go to church right now. And I'm going to have everybody in that service pray for you today. And you're going to be healed. And so I want you to put your faith with mine. And, and even if you don't have any faith, the Bible says, by Jesus' stripes, she is healed. So if you will stand right now. We're going to pray for this woman. Her name is Donna. She works at the Fast Fields right down here. Uh, I'm going to stand up here because I'm going to declare some stuff. But right now, Father God, we come into agreement right now in the name that is above every other name. And we stand on your word that says, By your stripes, Donna is healed. So I speak to her blood, and I say, be healed. I speak to her skin, and I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. I say that no weapon formed against her will prosper, and everything that rises up against her will fall. A thousand may fall on one side, and ten thousand may come on the other, but no harm will come near to her. And through this, she will come running to you, Jesus. She and her family and her family's family and everyone around her will come running to you right now in Jesus' name. So I speak the word of healing now. And as we declare it, people who need healing in here, people who need deliverance in here, will be healed, will be delivered. In Jesus' name, I say it and declare it. care if I look stupid yelling up on the stage because if you knew what was coming up out of me and what was going through me ho it's better than any drug or any ho let me tell you now I just want to I'm sorry I'm sorry but I got one more thing as you go through your life day to day going to the 
grocery store or the service station or wherever God wants to take this river out of here and out there the river when, when Buzz said that about the curtain I saw it and I saw it a step further that the people that walked through were being cleansed and as they and they were all in this bunched up and they were growing like a flower and as they walked that river was flowing out of them wherever they walked and that's what the Lord wants to do at Harris Teeter, at Fast Fields, or at your family reunion, or wherever you're going. And it doesn't matter what people think, because she, her, if you could have saw her eyes when I spoke the word, and the word of God does not return to him void, but accomplishes that what he set it out to do. And it cut through all that junk. Now, what I was going to say, that's not what I was going to say. This is what I was going to say. As you share with other people what God has done in your life, His anointing and His river will be released to do that in their life, and then they'll go and do that and do that. It's like an, it's just like a. So I want to encourage you guys. It doesn't matter if you look stupid if you stand up on a stage and shake and yell or do whatever, because if it's real, you don't care. Okay. So. Thank you, Lord. It is real. So thank you, Lord, for healing Donna. Amen. And thank you for participating in that. And I pray blessing beyond anything that you ask or mm. understand that would overtake you in Jesus' name. Mm. Thank you, Lord. We're going to talk about worship this morning. Thank you, Lord. We were singing that song earlier. Praise for heaviness. Lord's given His church praise for heaviness. I felt this heaviness just lifting out of the room. Just when all this stuff started happening with Brian, when Brian got up here, he really, I just, I'm blessing what the Lord's blessing, and I just take that word, Brian, because that's, the Lord was all over that. And I just felt like, praise for heaviness, praise for heaviness, praise for heaviness. That God is going to make His people, not a heavy people, but a praising, joyful people. Filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Filled with the joy of the Lord. That's life and health to their very bones and to their minds and to their souls. That thing's coming. Last night, Amy and I, we were in the house and, and we sent our kids off to spend the night at other people's houses. Except for the two babies. And we just started just crying out to God and just... That word came forth, outpouring, outpouring, outpouring. This outpouring is not stopping. It's gaining momentum. God is pouring out on His church a mighty, mighty river on His church. And it's so that the Donnas of the world, it's so the Donnas of the world at the gas station can, be, can hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So we receive that anointing, that impartation today, God, that You've spoken through Brian, Father. We receive that with all our hearts, God. We say yes to it. We say yes to it, Lord. Jesus. Oh, Father, thank you. Well, Byron asked me to talk about worship today, and I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a little bit hard for me to take a subject and to preach on it because the way the Lord speaks to me is just more of a flow, a, a prophetic flow, and it's hard for me to adjust my thoughts to get my, my mind wrapped around a certain subject, but that's okay. Because the Lord has His way, and He uh, He's speaking something to this church. God's not serving stale bread, people. He's serving fresh bread. 
to his church. And you should be very excited to, to be living in this age because if you're willing to receive the fresh bread of the Holy Spirit, it's available to you today. It's coming out. It's coming forth. So we're talking about worship, and we're talking about worship on a corporate level, not with just with this church, but the vision that's in God's heart for the church universal. The globe, the widespread globe. And, um, and uh, I was just reading John chapter 4. Byron has John chapter 4, a scripture uh, in John chapter 4 as part of his Father's house vision. And that's kind of why I'm touching on this today. Because we're talking to you about the, our vision for the Father's house ministry that we believe the Lord has given to us. And a very big important part of that ministry is that we believe, Matthew talked about it being a house of prayer. It's going to be a house of prayer. And it's also going to be a house of worship. And so there's the scripture in John chapter 4 and it says this, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. And the thing that really moved me about that scripture when I was reading it is I didn't really have all the revelation about the spirit and truth part, but the spirit quickened inside of me this thing and it was this, the Father is seeking God gave us the key in that scripture. He's looking for something. He's looking for a people who are willing to worship Him. If we don't know anything else about the spirit and truth part, at least we know this. He's looking. He's looking. And He's not looking for a thing. He's not looking for a sound. He's not looking for a musician necessarily. But He's looking for a people. He's looking for a person. And you might not be called to be on the worship team. You might not be called to be a musician. That doesn't make you any less of a worshiper. In fact, we need to tear down that stronghold that is in the church right now. There's this church, this stronghold in the church that's dividing the clergy and the lady. And God is destroying that thing. He's taking it out. He's taking it out of the picture. The church is one church. Now, there are leaders in the church. God has anointed people, but they're shepherds. They're servants to the body of Christ. And their job is not to control things, but to serve what the Spirit of the Lord wants to do. That's the difference. And that's the thing God is showing us, is that real worship has very little to do with what goes on on this stage. Our old paradigm of worship was this. Think of a fire. Think of a campfire or a bonfire. And this bonfire is the worship of the saints. The old idea is that the fuel for that fire, the wood for that fire, were really good musicians, really good songs, and a, and a great anointed worship leader. And that is not it. It's not it. That is not the fuel of the fire. The fuel of the fire is the river of God that is trying to get itself into the lives of the saints. And the saints of God, when they say yes to the river of God, will have this inward explosion. And when that inward explosion takes place and the saints gather in a church like this, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what's going on here so much. Now, I'm not making a case that this isn't important because we're not getting rid of this next week. For this, for this season and this age, God is, has raised up leaders. 
He's teaching leaders how to lead and how to lead the saints in worship. But He's adding to that. He's adding to this. This isn't everything. This is, this is part of it. And there's a bigger part. There's a more important part than what goes on there. And it's what goes on here. It's what goes on in the lives of us individually. And then it's what goes on when we're together as the body of Christ coming together. Let me read you this really. There's this book we've read this recently. It's called Following the River. It's by a guy named Bob Sorg. He has this great description of what worship isn't, okay? He reads this in John or Revelation 7. He begins with this. When John saw the sea of glass worship, here's his description. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. That's the redeemed. That's you and me. With palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, do you know why these people could say this in Revelation? Because they see something. They see something. They have understanding about what they're worshiping. They're standing before the Lamb of God. They see God. So the only right response of this is to say, salvation belongs to the Lamb of God. And God, in His infinite wisdom and mercy, is saying we don't have to wait to get to heaven to experience heavenly worship. The Spirit of God is opening the eyes of the church to see the Lamb of God today. Today. He wants to show you what He is, who He is, what He looks like, what He's doing. You can be a part of that. Listen to what Bob says. This is very funny. Notice, first of all, that John saw a great multitude. The worship of heaven is multitude-driven. In contrast, contemporary worship on earth tends to be platform-driven. So the fullness of heaven's worship stands in stark contrast to our typical worship services. I sometimes wonder what John might have written if he had been caught up in the Spirit to one of our worship services instead of heaven's worship service. The difference would have almost been humorous. This is his interpretation of that scripture. And I, John, beheld and lo, a platform. And on the platform, a microphone. And at the microphone, a leader. And slightly behind the leader were four singers, each with a microphone. And the leader's microphone was louder than theirs. And lo, I saw a keyboard and guitars and a drum set and speakers. And the sound coming from the platform was so powerful that you couldn't tell if anyone was singing. He says, please understand that even as I'm having us laugh at ourselves a little bit, I'm not critical of contemporary worship. Basically, what he's saying is that if we as a church major our focus and our vision on the song service, on what goes on here, we will miss the heart of the Father. We will miss what the Spirit is breathing into His people. When we come together, it's supposed to be this organic, throbbing mass that comes together and God is saying, there's life for you. There's life for you. It's not dead. It's not deadness. The church of Jesus Christ has no part of deadness. It's not supposed to be that way. If it is that way, then we need to find out why. 
We need to say to ourselves, something's wrong if the church of Jesus Christ is walking around dead. How many of you have sat through a worship service in your life and just sang songs? We've all done it. We've all done it. And I'm telling you, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. Because God is telling His people there's something else. There's this communion that goes on between the Spirit of God and the people of God. And it's very real. When I was standing over here worshiping this morning, I felt the Spirit of the Lord say to me, Who told you to care about what people think about you when you're worshiping? Where did that come from? Who told you to care what you look like when you're worshiping the living God? That is a demonic influence. That is not from the Father. There's these flies that, he, that Byron was talking about. They have, they have darkened our eyes. And God is saying to His church, Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. There's some hindrances to worship. I'm going to talk about those for a second. Sometimes we go into a worship service and we're not connecting. The worship leader's up here saying, come on, let's really, let's really get into it. Let's, let's really shout loud for Jesus today. You know, and it's just like, oh, please, dude. I mean, oh, come on, you know. And, and the great thing about this, this, this person right here is that, at least in this church, we're figuring out that we're not supposed to be cheerleaders we're called to be trailblazers. We're, try, we're called to go further and farther than everybody else making a path for people to go. We're, we're, we've, we've left the, our pom-poms at home. We're, we're, we're not interested. It's too hard. It's too hard to get people to have fun in the Lord. So, so our thing around here is we just got to go for the Lord. And that's it. And let people go. Let people go. Pave the way. And God's going to do it ultimately. He's, he's drawing us, like Byron was having us pray. He's drawing us into His, his way. Let's look at Psalm 24. I'm going to talk about hindrances into worship. Get this. This will be life to you if you get this. You might not even understand it, but if you receive it by impartation, you can be free today. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For He has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord and who may stand in His holy place? We're talking about a place to worship God. It's not a physical place. It is a physical place, but for us right now, it's not a physical place. It's just a place of worship. He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted his soul to any idol, he has not lifted his soul to any idol, nor sworn deceitfully. What does it mean? What does this mean? God is going after idol worship in our lives. We think of idol worship as being an ancient tradition. It's so common. We're all guilty. We have it. We, we've got it going on. It's in the church today. We are worshiping other things except the reality of God. We have sin in our lives. We, we have addictions. We have lust. We have anger. We have lies. We have all manner of darkness inside of our hearts. And those are the things we've raised up inside of our hearts. They're idols. And the Lord is commissioning His people to tear those things down. 
He's saying, tear them down. Let's go over to the New Testament. I want to go back to Psalm 24 in the message translation in just a second, but go, go to Matthew 5 real quick. Here is the New Testament version of Psalm 24. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Seeing God is related to what's in your heart. If you do not see God like you would like to see God, there's probably a heart issue. There's a lack of purity there. And I am not trying to put condemnation on anybody. This, it, receive this as an encouragement because God puts these demands on us, but He is also the answer for those demands. He's releasing His Holy Spirit to give us purity of heart. But there is a part for us to play. And the, our part is tearing the idols down. How do we tear those things down? We submit them to the Lord. We say no to those things in our minds and in our hearts. We say out loud to ourselves or to somebody, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I don't want a part of this anymore. This is not God's will for my life. God is interested in His people being free and clean. Free and clean. Go back to, uh, go back to uh, Psalm 24 in the message. Do you have it in the message? God claims earth and everything in it. God claims world and all who live on it. He built it on ocean foundations, laid it on river girders. That was interesting, river girders. Who can climb Mount God? Who can scale the holy north face? Only the clean-handed, only the pure-hearted, men who won't cheat, women who won't seduce. Keep going. I want God is at their side. With God's help, they can make it. Keep going. I want to read this. This, Jacob, is what happens to God-seekers, God-questers. Keep going. Wake up, you sleepyhead city. Wake up, you sleepyhead people. King Glory is ready to enter in. This is the Spirit of the Lord speaking to us. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. He's saying it. Wake up. The King of Glory is coming in. It's not the time to put it off till tomorrow. It's not the time to cling to those things that you have hidden in your heart. It's not the time to cling to those agendas that you have in your heart that are keeping you from missing the best that God has to offer you. God is offering His people life. Fran McCarran came up to me and he shared this. What did you share with me? God doesn't want to be a tightrope tight rope walker in our lives. That's what you said, right, Fran? That's a great picture. God, God has to tiptoe in so many of our lives. He's got this little, little piece in our, our heart. It's, it's a tight rope. And, and, and Fran was saying to me, he wants to get rid of that. He wants wide open places. He wants wide open places to move. And God is going to clean our hearts out if we will submit ourselves to Him and tear those idols down. So we're going to do it as a church. Amen? Alright, so here's, the, here's what happens. You turn to the Lord. You get rid of those idols in your life. And there's this great, awesome scripture in 2 Corinthians. I just love this. Let's look at this. Paul is talking specifically here of the Jews who were reading the law and they had a blinder, they had a veil. He said they had a veil over their heart because they would read the prophets in the law and they could not see the Christ inside the prophets in the law. But I saw this scripture and I thought, well, this is for me too, Lord. Nevertheless, 
When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And it, and it goes on to say, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, man! How many times have you walked into the church and the worship starts and you do not feel liberty? Oh! God, free us up! Free us up! I feel like the Lord just wants to break off that inhibition off of His people, that timidity that's on His people, that fear that's on... It's unnatural. It's not from the Lord. It is not from the Lord. You know, in second chapter of Acts, when the Spirit poured out on those 120 people, and they were going, they were hooting and hollering. You know what? There was mockers standing on the sideline. There was people standing there going, I don't know about that. I, they're probably drunk. You know what? It's just going to happen. If we could just figure out, people are just going to criticize whether it's in the church or outside the church, it doesn't matter. If we get that through our skulls, that people are going to criticize you if you go after God, and it's going to be all right, baby. It's going to be all right. We don't have to use that fear as an excuse anymore to go after God. When the people of God get together, oh, it should be glorious. It should be easy. Oh, my goodness. Lord, help us. All right. So... I've been talking about things that impede our worship. I'm going to give you some things that fuel the fire of worship. This is the fire, okay? Testimonies are fueling the fire of worship in this church. Where If there's a church and they are not having any testimonies, ongoing encounters with the living God among the people of God, there's a problem. The symptom of that will be a dead song service. The symptom of a people who are not walking in faith, but who are walking in religion, who are walking in my way, this is the way we've always done it, we're never going to do it another way, we're doing it safe, that is a place of zero testimonies. Testimonies produce real, authentic worship. They per, you cannot help but give thanks to God when God does something great for you or for your neighbor, when there's a healing among you, when there's a financial victory, when there's somebody that you know who has struggled, struggled with something for so long and the Spirit of God comes and gives them the victory. Woe is us if we sit in our seats. Praise God. It should produce something huge in us. And that's the type of life that God is going to give His people. He's given us testimonies. That testimony that Brian gave, oh, oh, it produces something in the people of God. Worship is a symptom. It's not, it's not a thing that we just do. We're responding to the love of God. We're responding to the love of God in our life. But there's a key to getting testimonies in your life. The key to getting a testimony in your life is to not play it safe. The key to getting a testimony in your life is to not do it the way you've always done it. You have to go out and on that limb and say, God, here I am. It's just you and me. 
God's there. That's when, the, that's when God comes, man. If you stay back here where it's all safe, God, that's not where God lives, man. God's living out over there. He's living out beyond that limb. He's calling His people out, out onto the water. And then you could say, oh man, God met me. I was in that boat. And I was traveling in the sea. And Jesus came walking on the water and He told me to get out of the boat. All the religious told me, people told me not to get out of the boat. Because that is not the way we do it around here. When we're on the water and we're in the boat, we have to stay in the boat. But the Lord came along and said, Come out onto the water, Peter. What a testimony! I mean, if Peter had gone to the, 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 the gas station that day, he would have said, Well, you know what? I've walked on water a few times and this is what the Lord has done. Can you imagine a church filled with people walking in faith and the worship that it would produce? Testimony. 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 So how do we get testimony? Well, the next ingredient to a fire of worship is sacrifice. In the Old Testament, they built altars and they put goats, and, or not goats, cows and bulls and all that kind of stuff as their sacrifice unto the Lord. Well, in, in, in this age, what we're doing is we're, okay, I've left the sin discussion behind. We're going to go on to other things. We're going to sacrifice things that are really good. We're going to go give to the Lord things that are important to us. Dreams that are in our hearts. Things that we hold dear. Things that we hold dear to our, our, our hearts and our minds. They're not necessarily bad. Some of you have empty altars. Some of you have empty altars. You're wondering why the fire of God is not falling. It's because there's no sacrifice on your altar. You say, God, I want your fire. And the Lord says, there's something I require. If you want the fire of God in your life, God is going to ask you to put something up on the altar. Sacrifice necessitates fire. It's almost a guarantee, actually. Where there's acceptable sacrifice, there's holy fire. So imagine a church filled with people walking by faith, filled with the Holy Spirit, full of ongoing testimonies of the Lord, continually walking in sacrifice, coming together in Mooresville, North Carolina to sing a little few songs on the piano. Don't you think that would be a good time? Don't you think that would be a good time? So what I'm, I'm not preaching to you all the newfangled ways of worship. I like electric guitars a lot. David Helton is a mighty good guitar player. The Lord sent him to us. I'm glad he's here. I'm really glad we have those drums because I like drums. But there is something else that God is unleashing on his church right now. It's real, authentic worship. 
It's the worship of John chapter 4, in spirit and in truth. The message version, instead of saying spirit and truth, it says in reality, in reality, in reality. So, this testimony and this sacrifice going on in the people of God, it produces something. Here's what it produces. It produces fruit. It produces fruit in our lives. When the Spirit of God comes, and we're, and we're, we're enjoying the goodness of God. And this is not to say we're not going to go through hard times. This is not to say we're not going to go through troubles. But we're going to be experiencing the fire of God through everything. But in all of that stuff, when the people of God are filled with the, the river of God, this other thing happens, and it's called evangelism. People are going to get saved. People are going to get saved. Just like what Brian experienced. That's the beginnings of that thing. That's the beginnings of the church not only joining together to worship God, but adding in their number. The Spirit of God is coming and He's going to add in the number. Increasing daily. Oh, and I guarantee you, there is, we ain't seen nothing yet. When this church is packed full of brand new baby believers who are experiencing the goodness of God for the first time, who have, have been called out of darkness into the light. Yesterday they were in the dark and today they're in the river of God. Oh, I'm telling you, those people are not going to be sitting there just, you know, doing their best. They're going for it. They're going for it. And that's good for us because when we see the people who don't know any better going for it, then all of a sudden the people who do know better can go for it. And we can get free. Yeah, that fear of man's got to go. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Yeah, but it's a good tired, though. Ooh. You know, the last thing I want to leave you with is this. The Lord, all this stuff, our vision for worship, it all begins with Jesus. He is the beginning of all our worship. And He's the sustainer of it all. When we lose our way, when we, get, when we lose our focus, we, we're like those people in Revelations. We just put our eyes back on the Lamb and we say, Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb, the Lamb who was slain for the sins of the world, who made a way for you and me, who ripped that veil in two. So that when we repent, and that when we really tear down those idols in our life, we can really see God, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God. In this last days, in this, in this last age, the thing that is really going to distinguish the body of Christ is their fixation with the Lamb of God. Their fixation with the Lamb of God. They're going to be obsessed with the Lamb of God. And come hell or high water, the power of God and their fixation with God is going to be working so real in them, so real in them, that it doesn't matter the circumstance that comes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And our worship will be a sweet incense to the Lord. It will be a sweet incense to the Lord because it will be real. It will be authentic. 
It will not be a religious just doing, a ceremony. We have to leave that behind. And I know a lot of us have been in spirit-filled churches for a long time, but you know what? Time goes by and things just get on us. Time goes by and tiredness gets on us and weariness gets on us. And the Lord is saying, today's a fresh day. There's something else. Can I get a, is there a piano player in the house? Is there one here? Can you go ahead, Heather? <laughs> so I'm just going to invite you right now. If you want what I'm talking about, I don't even know what I'm talking about it, but if you want it, if you want that impartation that God has given His people to give them freshness in their worship, to give them freedom in their daily life, free from sin, free from the idols of our fathers, and to move over into the land of the body of Christ in full and extreme worship. If you want that thing, just stand up. Just stand up. Stand up with me. Woo! Oh, God. We just thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. It's life to us, God. It's life to us, God. So we're going to have some prayer, prayer team people up here to pray for people. And I think specifically one thing God wants to go after is idols in our hearts. If you feel like you've got something in there that's just keeping you from receiving, keeping you from entering in, it can be anything. It can be anything. And you need to get free from that. If I can get all the prayer team people up here quickly. We want to, we want to respond to the Lord with the Lord's saying. And then if you, if you need help, if you need help this morning, any kind of help, we're just putting, we're putting a cry out there for help. If you need help, there's some anointed, anointed folks here who are tapped into the river of God who will pour out the Spirit of God on you this morning. And if you feel like you've been up here enough times, well, think again. Think again. The Lord has given us more. There's a greater outpouring coming. There's a greater outpouring. Greater outpouring. So come on up. Come on up and get some of what the Lord's given today. Woo! want to let you know feel free to just stay and soak in the presence of God but if you need to go we just want to say thank you for being here with us we're really happy that you came and we just pray that the Lord blesses you as you go and we just ask the Lord to just fill you up even in your week 
and that you would experience the Lord in new and greater ways.